little intro. Let's pray, and then we're going to do a little intro, and I'm going to hand it over. O Heavenly King, the comfort of the Spirit of truth, heart ever are present and fill us to all things, treasure your blessings and give our life. Come and abide in us and cleanse us from every impurity and save our souls a good one. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So we have upcoming, like today, we have Paul of Thebes and we have John the Hut Dweller. We also will have this upcoming week Anthony. There is uh, Makarios. This, this month is January is like dogmatic teachers, ecumenical teachers is what we call them. Ecumenical being uh, not like now ecumenical means like relationships between different denominations or something. But when the, the Orthodox Church says ecumenical teachers, Basil the Great, Greg the Theologian, John Chrysostom, they mean like universal. They mean Catholic, the Catholicity. They are like teachers for the whole church, right? Uh, that this month has a whole lot of commemorations for this. And so when you are in the Desert Fathers, uh, you see in the way that they, they put together the sayings and the lives of the Desert Fathers uh, where what we've been talking about, which is this kind of need for discernment. There are times where you need to be engaged intellectually, and there's other times where in humility and just being able to pray for somebody because it doesn't matter what you tell them. <laughs> They're not going to hear it, right? And that's not really, like, you think, oh, people, they need more information. A lot of times that's not what people need. Sometimes what they need is just somebody to listen to them. Sometimes they need somebody to be able to just walk with them through something. Uh, and you see in the Desert Fathers, you'll see extremes of, like, the hut dweller. You know why he's called the hut dweller? It came up in one of the hymns. The it's <laughs> Igloo, no, he'd be Greek, so that, he's not a Russian saint. Uh, he lived in his basic asceticism. If I'm remembering the story correctly, I didn't refresh myself, but if I remember correctly, he basically he moved out of his rich parents' house and he, so gigantic house, right? And he basically uh, put himself to live in a tiny little cell, and that's where he lived his life. And if you read the the sayings of the fathers. The Desert Fathers specifically, they'll tell you that your cell will teach you everything. So there is in that a wisdom, right? Like going around, St. Anthony the Great, who will be commemorated in a few days, he has one saying that's basically, uh, what should I do to be saved? And he says, keep your eyes on God, uh, read scripture, and do not easily leave a place. The first two are kind of like, yeah, yeah, no, do not easily leave a place. That's my uh, addition, <laughs> way of saying it, but that's basically what it means. And it's, we, I think especially for us now, we're always looking for the greener pasture. We're always looking for the next, I'll use a clinical language, dopamine hit. <laughs> we're all looking for the next, what we think is a spiritual experience. And a lot of times it's not actually a spiritual experience. It's just our passions or what we, our emotions or what we think or us like blowing our balloon heads up, right? Our egos up. And so we're constantly on the move. We can't just exist. Because a lot of times we, uh, anywhere I go thinking that I'm going to escape whatever it is, you're still there. <laughs> you... Are the, are the contributing factor in everything. So to, it's not St. Anthony is telling us, don't ever move, right? Don't ever try to do something better. Don't ever look to somewhere else and say like, this would probably be, but he's saying, don't quickly leave things. Like dis use discernment, uh, figure out what the real problem is. Because most of us think the problems are these kind of external things. And sometimes they are, right? Like. Not being able to make a living because of lack of money is an external problem that's a problem, right? But aren't the answers internal? The real answers, right? Yeah. Because it's like, why can't someone keep a job? Maybe maybe it is because some external, but it might be because there's so much going on inside that you can't, you know. I think you get the point now, right? Yeah. So if you're reading the Desert Fathers... Uh, which is something I encourage, but do it, and if you have questions, ask me, right? Don't just start picking up stuff and reading it, because you're like, Father, I'm going to go live on top of a pillar. <laughs> I'm going to build a hut outside of my parents' house, and I'm going to live there now. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. 
you can hardly keep the fast. I don't think that's a good idea. We have some baseline spiritual disciplines that you need to live within and start figuring out where those wounds are and start addressing them. Start trying to bring Christ into those things. Like, if I'm dealing with anger, like, what do I do with anger? Won't the fathers have a lot of advice about what to do with anger? Even just attending to that. I'm stealing Reader Gregory's thunder here. Uh, <laughs> this, we, because the way the break went and then having the, the blessing of the water last week, which I don't know if it's been uploaded yet or not, but it was recorded. Uh, we are going to go through two chapters uh, this morning with Reader Gregory leading it. And then next week, uh, I'll be doing it, and I'll be hitting the second chapter and then the next chapter after, after that. In general, I think what I'm going to do, because uh, I think I've said this a few times, you guys are kind of guinea pigs, right? This, this way of doing this is new, and using this book, and I'm starting to notice there's too much repetition about things, and I want to move on to some other things. So I'm going to use certain chapters to go and, like, yes, I'm going to talk about uh, the noose. Right? You'll talk about the news. Well, you'll probably talk about it better than I will, so well, I'm going to hit the high points. He's going to give you a teaser and talking about it today, and then I will talk about it more, which is basically going to start hitting a little bit deeper on the spiritual life stuff instead of, because, yeah, you know what the church is laid out by now, right? Or maybe some of you are a little bit newer, but, like, we're going to move into a little bit deeper waters uh, that are may or may not follow exactly. Keep reading the book have questions. I'm going to try to use that to jump off, but we might just spend a week or two just on the Our Father and like ex going a little bit deeper on that, uh, talking about uh, prayer life and what the tradition says, maybe about certain vices, uh, certain virtues, like just explore that a little bit more so you have a better understanding of what the Orthodox spiritual life, what the tradition teaches about that. Okay? So that might, we're going to, we've been kind of flying at 30,000 well, at least it kind of maybe doesn't feel like that all the time, but like, then we're gonna kind of dive bomb on very specific topics. Okay. All right. Very good. Reader Gregory. Thank you. Yep. Well, I'm gonna try to cover uh, both 14 and 15 today, and uh, I just uh, I, I was uh, I, I was shaving the other day. I don't shave much, but just neck, you know, I have a straight razor, and used to really like using that, but it, it made me think of a. Uh, this uh, anecdote, uh, the old codger, uh, well, he wakes up one morning, I think he's a farmer, wakes up one morning and uh, he says, I think I'm gonna go to town, uh, get a haircut. So he does, he goes into town and uh, uh, barber shop there. The, uh, the barber is also the local Baptist preacher. And the barber's out that day, uh, out attending to pastoral needs, but his wife is there, so he sits down in the chair and uh, says, I'll, I'll, take a, I'll, I'll take a haircut, and uh, yeah, never done this before, I'll take a shave also. And so she's, okay. And so she cuts his hair, and then she leans the seat back, and she gets some nice hot towels and fixes up some lather, and she lathers them up, and gets a straight razor out, strops it, and she starts shaving them. And it, and it takes a long time. She's very meticulous, and okay, so finally she's done. He gets up to pay, and uh, uh, how much? Well, um, it'll be $15 for the haircut and $150 for the shave. I says, wow, that's a lot of money. But never done this before, so he pays her. Goes home, and the next day he wakes up, he goes to shave, and doesn't need to shave. His face is perfectly smooth. Well, so I've always heard that straight razors are like that. And a few days later, he gets up to shave, and again, he's perfectly smooth. And wow, that was a good shave. It's expensive, but it was really it was worth it. And a month later, he gets up. His face is still perfectly smooth. He says, i got to find out about this. He goes downtown. This time, the barber slash preacher is back in, in his shop. He says, uh, Pastor, I just have to ask you. Uh, you know, I, I, got, uh, I was here, and this young lady shaved me, and I so perfectly smooth. And he says, oh, oh, I was out that day. You were shaved by my wife. Her name is Grace. You were shaved by Grace. Once shaved, always shaved. <laughs> okay. And with a joke that bad, it really doesn't matter what I say after this. <laughs> because 
you know, nothing will really rise to that level of, of, of badness. But um, there is a point here, though. And, and uh, uh, how, how many of you were Baptists or Evangelicals uh, in, in the past? Okay, good, good, good. Um, you know, we always had a, had a hymn that I, I grew up singing, and I'm sure that a father were here. He's Church of Christ. We were once comparing our notes about how that we kind of grew up singing the same songs. And, uh, you, know, you know, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of blood, washing of spirit, washing of his blood. I think that's, I think that's right. But, but blessed assurance is an assurance of salvation. Now, like we, we could know that, okay, I, I've, I've received Jesus into my heart. I've prayed this prayer. I've been baptized in recognition of my, of my salvation. And, and now I'm saved and now I'm always saved. It can never be, it can never be lost. Um, and and that and that works great until um, a year or a month or a day or a couple hours afterwards, you commit some sin, or you think some really ugly, awful thought, and you think, now now how on earth could I do that if I saved? And uh, and uh, the preacher says, well, you backslidden, just need to repent and get get going and. Uh, Unless you weren't really saved to begin with, maybe you had a, a like a head faith, but you weren't really receiving Christ, and and you know that can happen because like people have fallen away. Take Judas for instance, so maybe you need to be saved again, or maybe you didn't really take, or maybe you don't know if you are or not. Maybe you won't know until you die if you were really saved or not, and and uh, you know just uh, can, real spiritual problems can can result from that. So. Um, Salvation and assurance of salvation. Um, it, it, it's it's an important issue that that Frederica touches upon, and uh, and and it is something that 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 we embrace in Orthodoxy. That is is really a, I think a defining um, part of Orthodoxy. The the idea that that um, are you saved? Somebody asks you, are you saved? And the response is, yeah, yeah, I I was saved. I was saved more than 2,000 years ago when my Savior died on a cross for me and, and uh, he, he, I, he worked the forgiveness of my sins. Okay? And I'm being saved as, as every day I, I seek the role of the Holy Spirit in my life. I allow him to, guard, to, to guide me and guard me. Uh, I, I go and receive the sacraments of the church, which are... Um, a, a way that 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 I that I, I take on Christ, become more Christ-like. Uh, I go to confession. I, I go to Holy Communion, uh, and 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 so I'm. It's this process of deosis where I'm being divinized throughout my life. Okay, and finally I will be saved. I will be saved when on the last day, um, at the last judgment, God saves me. Okay, so. Yes, I was saved. I'm being saved, and and uh, and I will be saved. All right. Because we 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 don't want to be presumptuous in this respect. God's faithfulness never ends. God is totally faithful. God will never stop loving us. You can't do something bad enough to cause God to make you stop loving you. Um, like like a, like scripture says, where can I go to escape from the love of God? If I go to the heights of heaven, He's there. If I go to the bottom of the sea, He's there. If I make my bed in, in in the pit of the earth, He's there. He's always there. He's always there, and He always loves us. But we're humans. We we hope that we will always be faithful. God always will be, but. We we can't. We don't want to presume that we always will be faithful to God. Um, as Frederica writes, um, this this love is a relationship, and and even though the love of one person continues, there can be a break there where the other person doesn't love you back. Like, do I do I uh, do do I believe my wife and I will always love each other? Well, I hope so. I hope we do. But I but I but I've seen marriages fail, and so we work on this. As everybody here who's married knows this. Uh, and I always tell uh, new people that are getting married, oh, <laughs> your work begins today. I tell the guys, look, 
you think that it was hard up to this point? No, now is when you need to start bringing home roses more often than you did in the past. Okay, so um, the the process continues, and 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 it's and it's the same with 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 God. Okay, we 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 work on that faithfulness. Uh, you have to pray. You have to think about God. You have to conform yourself. You, we, we pray. We fast. We give alms, um, and 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 we work to remain faithful ourselves because we 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 want this. Um, now, um, as someone becomes more conformed to Christ, as someone becomes more holy and more faithful themselves. What often happens is they is they have a greater and greater awareness of their own sinfulness and of their own need for repentance. Um, you, you see this in many of the writings of the saints, but uh, I, I saw this first myself back when I was in graduate school and I read uh, The Interior Castle by St. Teresa of Avila. She's a, a Western saint, a uh, mystical saint, and, and she she talked about this, how that, how that as you got closer to God, you're, you're, you're more convinced of your own sinfulness. And, and that's how even the modern day saints would talk about this. They, they, they view themselves even to the last as, as the greatest of all sinners because they're more aware of it. See, we, we, we walk with God. We want relationship with God. That's the main thing that we're after. We want union and relationship with God. We want to walk with him and live in him and through him. And, um, and, and, and that's when our own failures become more apparent to us. Um, so let's, uh, talk about mercy. Uh, if, if, uh, if someone were to visit one of our services for the first time and, uh, and would ask what, would ask them, what, what, what did you hear over and over and over? Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy, exactly, exactly. Uh, at, at my old parish, which is Middle Eastern parish, we would alternate. We, we had... Uh, 80% Arabs there, so we'd say, Lord, have mercy, and then we'd say, Kyrie eleison in Greek, and then Yara Burcham in Arabic, and and we'd always repeat this, but Chospari Pomiloi is the is the Slavonic. I, I would say I'll give extra credit today for people that can uh, name some of the other Lord, have mercies that Frederica could. Um, no? Okay. Uh, one that she missed, Herr Erbama uns. It's, that's German, by the way. But but the concept and and I think it comes through in that expression also, is it, it, it's 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 like a it, it's a healing it's a healing it's not just I've fallen and I've sinned and have mercy on me and forgive these sins, and, and I have to repeat this over and over and over because I'm so bad and you're so holy, but instead it's a matter of of, of a heal me Lord, uh, um, this this balm uh, that that is is a healing balm this oil. Uh, that, that's the play in the words of Eliezer. Um, it, it, it's similar to the word for oil, and, and, and let's apply this oil to you to heal you, just like the in the case of the of the Good Samaritan, the man that was beaten up by the thieves, and the Good Samaritan took him back and he poured wine and oil into his wounds, the oil for the for the healing. And and this is what we're asking of of God: heal us, Lord, heal us. We we need you. We 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 want your healing. Uh, in our lives, we want to walk with you, and we want to be closer to you. So it's not just a matter of forgiveness, but also a need for healing. Now, when we think about uh, about what we need healing, okay, now we get to the issue of sin. All right, and when I uh, when I was signing up to uh, to take this class, Father asked me if I would, and I said, Yeah, I'm going to talk about Lord have mercy, forgiveness, sin, tax evasion. <laughs> money laundering, etc. Uh, as as you who know me know this, I'm I'm kind of in the business of sin. Okay, I'm in the business of accusing and 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 uh, and confronting uh, crime. It's what I do for a living. Uh, and before I was going to teach this class a couple weeks ago on New Year's Day, and of course we pushed the class because a lot of people were away. I was talking with another individual who had grown up Roman Catholic. And he, he started asking me some very intriguing questions about the nature of sin and how that our understanding of sin is different from the Roman Catholic understanding of it. And, and I'm glad that he had a chance to talk with me because it really made me think of some things that I, I wanted to bring out in this, in this class. Um, because as you might have seen in the discussion in the book on the nature of sin in the Roman Catholic world, there are various factors that must be present in order for it to be a sin. Like you must be conscious 
of it. It must be a grave matter. It must actually be wrong. Uh, you must do it with, in, with intent. It's almost like, like, a, like a definition of a, of a crime, okay? But in our, in, in, in our world, in the orthodox world, in our concept of sin, we don't look at it that way. Um, sin is, is um, I, I like the description that we used often uh, in, in my older days, it's, it's a falling short of the glory of God. It's not, it, it's failing God, right? Um, just uh, for, for instance, when, when, when I'm looking at crime, okay, well, crime in our system has three components, okay? It has an actus reus, which are the criminal acts. It has a mens rea, which is the, the, the state of mind, evil state of mind or not evil. The attendant circumstances that, that make it possible for the crime to be committed. Okay, so you have to have all three of those. And so we have crimes that are specific intent, like purposeful, knowledgeable. And then we have general intent that could be caused by recklessness or negligence. And they're different. Like murder is always specific intent. You're intending to kill. Where um, like uh, driving on the wrong side of the road, that could be negligent. Okay different degrees of culpability that go along with that. But, but, but implicit in all of this, though, is that there is something that you were supposed to do that you didn't do. Or there was something that you did that you weren't supposed to do. Okay, uh, omission and, and commission. Um, just, to, just to use an example, um, if you're walking down the street and there's a ditch next to the road and it's filled with water and... Uh, you see that somebody's fallen into the ditch and they're struggling around in the water and they're drowning. Okay, you don't know this person. Are you obligated under the law to go and pull them out? No. Yeah. No. No. What if it's your wife that's in the ditch? By law, no. Oh, wait. <laughs> By law, yes. Really? Yeah, the relationship, yes. Okay. What if what if uh, what if you're a sworn police officer? Okay, now you do have a duty, but generally, generally, there is no duty. Now, would not getting that person out of the disc, ditch, ditch be a sin? You better believe it would be. Of course it is. Okay, we have a different concept of of of, of what is sin and what is not, and and it extends to things that we don't even intentionally do, like like. Um, and, and our prayer before communion, we ask for forgiveness of all of my sins, voluntary and involuntary. Because I can involuntarily hurt somebody. Do it all the time. Okay. Um, and, 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 the, and the effect of sin is far-reaching and broad-reaching. It's like the butterfly effect. You're not just hurting yourself. You're not just hurting the person that you harm through the sin. You're hurting other people. It, it, it's like a, a poison. It's like a, um, a, 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 a spreading a disaster that can go and harm other people in the, in the process. And so this, this is the nature of, of a sin. The, the involuntary can, can have uh, some, some real effects. Um, likewise, we, we come to the idea of who is harmed by our sin? We are. We are? Okay. Who else? Who is the sin against? Everyone, everyone around us. Everyone we let down. Sure. Well, let, 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 me, let me expand it this way. Um, for a long time, uh, for a long time in, in history, there was the concept that the sin was against a person, against the person that you wronged. Okay? In Germany for centuries, there was a concept called Wehrgeld. Okay? If you, um, if you, intentionally or in unintentionally killed someone in medieval Germany, rather than having to pay the consequences of your act, you could pay an agreed-upon amount of money of Vergeld to the family. Or if it was a servant, you could pay that to the owner of the servant and mark the books free. Under Islamic law, they have it now. It's called a diya, where, where uh, the, the victim's family can be paid a certain amount of money and they can absolve the person of, of the crime. Now, where that leads to, though, obviously, is a Hatfields-McCoy situation because nobody really thinks that the retribution paid is adequate and they seek out to do the other side a little bit more, right? So we, we wind to situations where it's never quite settled, okay? Like Frederica talks about, you know, step on somebody's foot in the, in the, in the subway, well... Um, now you got to pay me. Well, how much is it going to cost? Well, I don't know. How badly were you hurt? Was it intentional or not? It leads to a to a 
to to a mess and and so um, in under English common law, one of the greatest uh, developments that we had in English law was the concept of the king's peace that by committing a crime you weren't just committing a crime against the person you harmed it was a crime against the king it broke the peace of the land it broke the peace of the king and so now nowadays we have the concept now that if you steal from somebody uh, yeah you're going to pay that money back and and uh, the, the person may forgive you but you committed a crime but your offense is against the state okay and and the and it, it's the state that you've offended in this instance, and and so when we when we think of uh, when we think of sin, we we think about how it, it, it's not just against the person. It's not something that can be set aright just through ret- retribution. Okay, it, it's a failing within us that 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 needs to be healed. Okay, um, but at the same time, the the forgiveness of God isn't the retro- isn't the uh, retributive kind. Uh, the the example that I really like that Frederica gives in in, in her discussion is uh, where you're in a restaurant, you have a nice meal, you get ready to pay, and uh, the waitress says, "You don't know anything. It's, it's totally free. Your 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 debt is forgiven." Okay, that's one type. The other type is where she says, "You don't know anything. The gentleman over here in the suit, he paid you, paid for it." Okay. Um, the type that we have in Christianity is one. That's the first type, where God wipes the sin free, okay? The sin is gone, right? So this is, uh, this is forgiveness. We, we pray for forgiveness of, uh, of transgressions, both voluntary and involuntary. And does it mean that we, we shouldn't go back and try to make right what that we've, we've done? Sure, we, we should. But we don't have the concept that, that, that the Roman Catholics have that that somehow this guilt remains, and we have to we we're not free even until we make it right, um, e- either through temporal acts or by going to purgatory for a certain period of time. We don't view it that way, All right? Are there any questions on this? Yes, ma'am. Could you give an example of an involuntary sin? Uh I'm trying to. Well, you mentioned hurting someone's feelings. I mean, I think it would be really easy to hurt somebody's feelings unintentionally. That that's a that's a very good example, and that and that's better than the one that I was trying to think <laughs> up just now. Yeah, that's that's a really that's a really good one because you you can say things, maybe a joke you told or something. Maybe I offended people that shaved this morning or something. But <laughs> um, you, you know that that's uh, you you can unintentionally harm people by saying something that that cuts them to the core and maybe you don't even realize it. Okay. Or something that you didn't do for somebody. Maybe you didn't even know it, but still, uh, you harm them. Uh, the, the, the poor person that, uh, you didn't, uh, you didn't help because you didn't know and you didn't know because you didn't try to find out, uh, about this. But, but, but like I saying about the people that, that become very advanced in their faith, the saints, the further along you go down this path, the more awareness that you have of your own failings, your own inadequacies, your own sins, your own involuntary acts. Um, I, I, I like uh, I like the example in the book that it's like uh, it's like air pollution. It goes out and it harms everything. Okay, not not even targeted. Okay, so. Um, I think this probably goes more with the next chapter, so I won't go too deep into this right now. But we're, we're looking for uh, for for illumination and enlightenment. Like when somebody has been baptized or been chrismated, we call them the newly illumined. Okay, the light of Christ is is is, is now shown upon them, and and um, this this uh, this this enlightenment is what is is what we're seeking an enlightenment of our of our of our of, of our being of our of our noose. Okay. So, you go to the issue of evil, and I, I think the book focuses a, a lot on this. Um, and and uh, it, it, it's important to, to note that that we view evil as a as a real thing, and the evil one as a real being. All right, 
And it's one thing that, that, uh, that I like the best about the Orthodox practice and our saying to the Our Father. We don't say deliver some evil. We say deliver us from the evil one. All right? Because in, in much of Christianity nowadays, even in conservative circles, the, the, the idea of, a, of an actual devil has, has been rejected. People don't believe there really is a devil out there. Um, but the devil is there. The devil is there, and he doesn't want you to believe in him. One of the, one of the greatest um, victories of the devil in, in recent centuries is, is the destruction of any sort of a belief in him. How many of you read uh, The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis? Okay, nearly everybody. That's, that's the best discussion of that that I've seen so far, where Screwtape and Wormwood are talking about this, and Wormwood asks, uh, should we make ourselves known or not? And Screwtape says, well, our official policy right now is not to let anybody know that we really are there. And, and if we're not really there, people don't believe in us, well, we don't make as many sorcerers, but we will make a number of skeptics. And, you know, that's, that's just... And he, he, says, he says to his underling, the real success will occur when we are able to create uh, like, like a, a spirituality that is totally devoid uh, of the faith. And I was going to get my wife a Christmas present several weeks ago, and I went to a local bookstore. And over in the religion section, there was like a massive collection of books on witchcraft. On witchcraft. And they... And they all deny that there actually is a devil. They don't believe in a devil, but they're practicing witchcraft. Okay, and that's exactly what what uh, what Screw Tape was telling Wormwood was going to be the great victory if they could only get there. Um, so we we uh, we play games with evil. We uh, we deny it. We make fun of it. Uh, at Halloween, we we kids like to dress up as as evil things. Evil is like. Uh, bought and sold. It's a it's a it's a big deal, uh, but it's deadly serious, and its manifestations can can really be difficult to fathom. Um, like Frederica says, you think about the most awful and heinous act out there, and 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 often you, you see a bit of glee at the end of it, and and that's the devil's footprint or fingerprint on it. Um, what's that? What is his fingerprint? Glee. Yeah, the demonic glee that's there when when some horrific crime has has been committed. Um, it, I mean, it, it's it's the it's the nature of, of of my work. I've talked to my wife about this about how that, um, and I, I see things in my in my job that uh, I I can't even come home and tell my wife about because uh, you know I'd, I've I've uh, handled for a number of years uh, child exploitation cases and and there can. Uh, You'll see horrors that are are really uh, really unimaginable, and and I found in my 15 years of of doing this kind of work that it's gotten worse. It gets worse and worse uh, as people become more and more depraved. Um, you want to see the face of evil? You you can see it in in, a, in drug addiction. Um, I I uh, I prosecuted an individual. Uh, a while back, uh, who who would prey upon uh, teenage girls? One of the victims uh, that that he had uh, preyed upon, he was uh, he was providing her with drugs and and uh, and money. Uh, and when we began to look into this further, we found out that uh, that this young lady's parents had been pimping her out for drugs at age twelve. Okay, it's evil. It's evil. It's there. Uh, human trafficking. Okay, and it it it, uh, it continues to get to get worse and and uh, just to I'm, I'm stepping off the script here but this is like important um, I had a matter of several years ago it was a tax matter of all things but it was being committed largely by uh, illegal immigrants in the United States many of them from uh, from, uh, from Central America and we had this one witness she was terrified she was terrified of testifying against this person that that had uh, essentially enslaved her, and she was working for this lady, because this lady would would uh, would go to the graveyards at night and gather up dirt so she could put it outside of people's homes to uh, to to put curses on them. And she was a devotee of uh, Santa Muerta. Uh, are you familiar with this uh, individual? Yeah. Okay, this is a this is like a, um, a, a, a this is Saint Death. 
okay? Essentially, it, it, it takes a statue of the Theotokos uh, and replaces the face with a skull and puts a sickle in her hand. They're people that pray to Santa Muerta. Okay. It's a Mexican Latin American cult. Yeah, yeah they, they will pray to her and, and ask for her help in committing crimes. Now, that's evil. That is, that is evil, just like the evil that we, we, uh, we, we see in past centuries where people would sacrifice their babies to Baal or Molech. And, and even, even now, like you watch uh, uh, Dr. Nucatella talking about uh, selling body parts of aborted children while she's enjoying a, a salad and, and a glass of wine. Uh, there, there is evil. And yeah, we, I mean, the sacrifice to Baal is still happening today. It's, it's, it's not. It's just not called that exactly, always. Exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's under the rope. Yeah, it, exactly, exactly. And it and it's there, and uh, and the and the devil is behind it. The devil doesn't want you to believe he's behind it. He wants uh, he wants us to see him as a as as a as a guy in a red suit with a pitchfork, like a like red pajamas running around. But no, he's he's there. Um, it's, it's part of the reason why that um, we, we place a real emphasis on exorcism in the Orthodox Church. Okay, Before a child is baptized, we do an exorcism. We, we spit on the devil. We, we ask God to make sure that not even a single demon lurks in this baptistry that the person is to be baptized in because we believe that this evil is real. Um, how many of you have signed for house blessings so far? Okay. House blessings are very important. They're very important because that that is that is a protection from evil. Like that that's part of the prayer that that this house will be protected from from the evils, uh, evils that, that roam about in the dark of night. And I always pray in the dark of night or in the light of day because the ones in the light of day can be pretty pretty hideous. Also, um, icons, icons, holy images, blessed. Um, reminding us of the presence of the saint around us all the time, all the time. Um, You should put icons up in all of your rooms, okay? With the exception of bathrooms. Typically, we don't put them there, but but in all the rooms of the house. Um, This is a, this is is an aside, but um, when my, when my wife was pregnant with our daughters, um, when we went to the hospital for Emma's birth, one thing that I grabbed on the way out the door was going to the hospital, got an icon, pulled it down off the wall. It was a, um, the Theotokos of Vladimir, brought it along, set it up in the birthing room, all right? Emma was born there and, and uh, brought it home, put it up on her wall, all right? And I did that for my next, th- next three daughters also. Like, got an icon, took it there. It was there when she was born, and now it was in her room. Uh, it, it's it's an important thing, an important thing. We 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 need protection uh, from evils, and so we put uh, icons up in our in our homes. We put them in our cars. Uh, you put them up in your workplace, even in my federal government office. You know, I put an icon up. Uh, you carry it in your trial notebook if you're a lawyer. Like when I was dealing with this uh, crowd of the cult of Santa Muerta. Um, I was out talking with Father Joe about it at St. Nectarius, and I told him, hey, Father, I'm, I'm dealing with some real true-to-life evil in, in this thing. And he pulled out a little icon of the Theotokos with, 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 uh, with Jesus, handed it to me, he says, you carry this with you. And I tucked it in my trial notebook, and it goes to court with me every time I, I go. All right, so uh, important thing. All right. Um, this this also relates to the discussion of the noose, uh, you know, our, our our interior, our heart, how that we know things, how we experience things. Um, it's good to 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 replace the racket, the distraction, the noise that's always in our hearts, that that's always plaguing us uh, with with good things, right? Um, for instance, uh, the scripture, internalizing scripture, learning scripture, repeating it to yourself, the hymns of the prayers. You're going to talk to yourself anyway, right? We're all the time having conversations with ourselves. Uh, oftentimes we're telling ourselves how bad we are, right? So 
we um, we internalize other other things. So what are some good starting points? Um, one is Psalm 50 or Psalm 51 if you're reading the Protestant Bible. Who here knows it? Go ahead, Mark. Okay, that's that's fine. Have mercy, me, O God, according to the great mercy, according to the multitude of thy compassions, blot out my transgression. Okay, um, I, I do know it, but I I keep this little cheat card in my prayer book all the time in case I lose my step when I'm having to chant it in church. But learn it, learn it. It doesn't take that long. Learn it, learn it. Get it in your heart. When you're faced with sin, when you're faced with evil, say it. Say it. I mean, you're, you're praying in the language of God when you do that. Um, learn the tropar of, of some of the feast days. Really, really good to know. You were transfigured on the mountain, O Christ God, and you showed your disciples as much of your glory as they could hold. Or at your baptism in the Jordan, O Lord, the worship of the Trinity was made manifest. Uh, learn that one. Or, or we'll really hit this one a lot in, in, uh, in uh, coming months. But Christ has risen from the dead, trampling down death by death. Uh, while you're at it, learn it in Greek. Christos anistiek nekron Just, you know, go, go ahead. Um, 23rd Psalm. How many of you know that one? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. Learn it. Internalize it. When, when, you're, when, when you feel an assault on your soul, when you feel um, the, the evil poking at you, when you experience something that, that's, that's just plain bad, say it. Say it out loud. Say it internally, but say it. Um, I say it every time I go to work. It works for me. Do it. Yeah, do it. Do it, absolutely. Um, um, and, and, and look, um, most of us started... Uh, our walk with God as, as Protestants. Don't give up what you've already learned. Don't give up what's what's good there. Um, don't forget those scripture passages that you learned when you were a child because they're given for a reason to make use of them. Uh, they've been there for, for me so many times. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Right? You all know it. Say it. Use it. Um, another one, another one that that uh, I don't know. I, I had a I had a a, a friend, a relative who was who was, I think he's probably in his seventies. He was dying, uh, dying of colon cancer, and I get together with him when we talk. He was a longtime Baptist, probably uh, fourth grade education, but but really successful man, and uh, but he and I would get together and we would just like start repeating together uh, like a. Um, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in the Father, believe in me also. In my Father's house are many mansions. If we're not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'll return to receive you unto myself, so that where I am there you may be also. Okay? From the 14th chapter of John. You know, learn it. It's it's all there for you. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. You're ready to stop. You just press that, and then you hold that down and turn it off. Okay, good, good. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So, we we want to internalize this. We want to make it a part of our noose. We want to, um, which which is mistranslated often as as the mind, but it isn't really really the the mind. It's a much more expansive notion than that, uh, because in the Christian East we don't make the distinction between. Um, between the, 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 the head and the heart, reason and emotion so much. Uh, I, I like what, what Frederica said about how that um, we really don't have emotion without thought. If you have an emotion, it's because you're thinking of something, right? Uh, so we always say that men are from blank and women are from blank. What are, what are those? Mars, Mars, Mars and Venus, yeah. Nonsense. Nonsense, okay? Look, we're, it, it, it goes together, okay? We focus on our heart because our thoughts go everywhere. We're always thinking of something. Distractions, they're always there. How many of you can sit down with an iPhone and start looking at things and looking at something else and looking at something else and you look up and an hour's gone, right? None of you have ever done that before, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, but, but those are distractions and it's as if our mind uh, often wants to be distracted. It wants to be let off base, uh, and and so we 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 uh, 
we seek things to put uh, in there instead. Um, we pray to God that God will save us in the slavery of our own reasoning. Um, because we all have a serious uh, problem with, with attention spans, staying on focus, staying on task, and um, I, once, um, I once even said to a spiritual father uh, about how that I, I really envy the monks, how that I'd, I'd like to maybe go to the monastery and live there instead, and he said, no you wouldn't, you, you don't want to do that, definitely not, because, because if you go there, you have no other distractions. Now the devil can have have free reign of, of, of you. So, so, so this is something that's only for very, very advanced people to be able to do this. But you can, you you can focus on, on, um, on, on, on putting good things in into your noose, into your capacity for understanding, um, because God wants uh, union with us. He made us, made us, and loves us. He wants to walk and and talk with us. Uh, and and so, how do we deal with these intrusive thoughts? How do we deal with things that are bad that come along, when uh, when when uh, we're reminded of past sins that 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 bubble up uh, in our in our lives? One thing that we can do is is uh, is, is adopting a spirit of constant prayer, like uh, like like Saint Paul said, "Pray without ceasing." Okay, it's hard to do, but one of the most basic prayers that that we all can internalize, even if you can't learn large portions of scriptures, you learn the Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy in me, the sinner. Okay? Um, it's something to be worked out with your spiritual father because it, it's it's a technique that, that you learn and you implement over time because if you fail, you don't want to get discouraged in the process of it. But um, one of the ways that we uh, are able to do this, like to keep track of our prayers, is with a prayer rope or a Komaskini or Chotki, as the Russians call it. How many of you have one of these? Okay, a lot of you. Um, I make these, so if you want one, just let me know, and I'll make you one. One of the rules is I is I don't take anything for them. I, I if somebody wants them, I make it for you, and I'll pray for you while I make it. So uh, that's these are these are available. These are tools. Um, these, as uh, as some uh, Orthodox uh, spiritual fathers would say, they're weapons. Okay, they're, they're weapons against evil. They're weapons against the devil. Uh, part of what they do is, is, as you're using this, is keeping your hands occupied as you're praying. Uh, when monks are doing work in the monastery, they, they are, uh, they're praying all the time. They're praying constantly. The reason they're able to do this is because a lot of the tasks they do are tasks that do involve the use of their hands. Uh, if you're turning out widgets or if you're in a factory and your job is to screw lids on toothpaste tubes as they go by or, or uh, uh, packaging candy. How many of you have seen the old uh, Lucy episode on that? That's the one I'm referring to. Well, you can pray while you're doing that as, as it goes. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy in me the center as you're doing this. A little bit harder to do it if you're involved in data processing, which is one of the reasons why that it's good to get, uh, get a habit of doing some kind of work with your hands so that as you do it, you pray. And you pray as you do it. You, you internalize this, this, this conversation with God so that it's in your heart and it's there and it prays with you. You know, the, 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 you know, the Holy Spirit prays through us. He prays for us for things that we don't know we need or we don't know how to pray for. All right? We, we just need to be open, open to that. Um, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on the noose because I know that uh, Father Daniel is going to go over it. And I know he's going to go over it much more thoroughly than I could. And, uh, and if I talk about it too much, I'll probably make mistakes that he'll have to clear up and it'll add to the time. But let me ask, are there any questions? Any questions? Yes, sir. So, um, sorry to back up a little bit, but um, something I've, I've struggled with a little bit, so grew up Protestant, steeped in substitutionary atonement. Right? Sure. In Frederica's description, or uh, the orthodox mind of salvation, Hearing it through my lens, it almost sounds like she's saying the atone the atonement wasn't necessary. God freely forgives. She uses a lot of you know she she used the uh, the prodigal son you know the the story there to kind of describe how how the orthodox mind views it. it am, 
am I going too far? Like she almost like it's not the the atonement wasn't necessary. Am I misunderstanding? Well, I, I I wouldn't go so far as to say that it wasn't necessary. And this is something that I that I I would really rather have someone with more experience. Than, I mean, you really want to have a priest explain this to you, not a lawyer. Okay. <laughs> because uh, the what we're what we're setting ourselves over against is really a legal construct because the, the as as Rome would view it it, it the, the justitia dei the, the justice of god this whole process it it is more of a legal concept that 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 you've offended somebody so god in in his great majesty in his great honor he can't um he, he can't allow that to go unchallenged he has to be he has to be given retribution for this. Something must must make this right. Where the example that she gives, which I, I really like a lot, was where uh, where Pope John Paul II was shot, and as soon as he could get out of the bed and do it, he went and forgave that man. Now, did that mean that the that the individual didn't have to spend time in prison? Well, no. He had offended the state, had broken the law, but 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 in terms of of his relationship with. With uh, with the Pope, no, the Pope, despite his 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 grandeur and his status in the Catholic Church, he said, "You're forgiven, you're forgiven." Okay, and that's and that's God's capacity, likewise. Okay, and um, and I think Father Daniel, or I know that I know that Terry Mattingly has done a lot of work on this, really given a lot of consideration to the uh, to the to the various concepts of atonement, and I think they can probably address this more thoroughly than I can. So that you don't just have a legal brief on this. All right? What else? Anything else? All right. Um, so, what are we going to do this week? Pray. Pray, yeah. <laughs> going to pray. How often do you pray? Yes. <laughs> you pray without ceasing. without ceasing. You pray without ceasing, okay? And um, the the... The use of scripture is so important. It's so important, uh, you know. Like like in the Old Testament, it says, it says, put it on your doorposts. Speak of it when you're lying down and rising up. Talk to your children about it. I'm paraphrasing here, but uh, especially for those of you who have children, kids are sponges. They'll hear one thing one time and they'll remember it forever. That's why memorization works so well with kids. Because they'll get it and they never forget it, okay? So, so by all means, teach your kids these things. Teach them scripture. Teach yourselves this. But the hymns of the church—they're—they're they're the theology of the church. They're soaked in theology. Learn them, internalize them, and tell them to your kids because they'll be there for your kids. And those kids will be lighting candles and praying for us long after we're gone. All right. And those uh, and those hymns that we uh, we teach them to sing, they'll again sing long after we're gone. All right. Anything else? All right. Well, let's stand and close with prayer. Lord, now let us of thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared with the face of all people, the light to enlighten the Gentiles, and to be glory of the people of Israel. Through the prayers of Holy Fathers, the Lord Jesus Christ, our God, have mercy upon us and save us. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you.